You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> and we checked with our experts, by the way. I just did during the break. It is still cold out. Believe it or not. Yep, we have confirmation on that. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We're taking it till the top. Then Anita will take over here on this Saturday. Remember, we got Knicks basketball a little bit later on tonight. Knicks and the clip from MSG. You can get me on Twitter at Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A. Now, I mentioned Jeff Lagerman was on the show last night. For those that uh, didn't get a chance to hear, I'm not going to replay the whole thing for you. You can go back on the app and on on demand, listen to the whole thing. I strongly encourage you to do that because he also broke down the Super Bowl matchup as well because the Jaguars played the Eagles and the Chiefs this year. Played the Chiefs twice, as a matter of fact, once in the playoffs too. So he saw those teams up close and personal, had a good Super Bowl breakdown as well as the ins and outs about the Jet new offensive coordinator and Nathaniel Hackett which he knew certainly from, you know, uh, Hackett's time in Jacksonville, and he helped take that team to the championship game in 2017. And they had a top-10 offense in the National Football League that year, uh, talking about the Jaguars. You know, it wasn't a fluky-type thing. Yeah, they were heavily run-based, and you had Leonard Fournette, who was a rookie that season, and they had, I believe, the number one rushing offense in the entire National Football League. But, you know, they put up points. They put up yardage. Um, you know, I, I want to say they were fifth in points per game at 26 and change. They were sixth in yards per game at about 366. And like I said, they were the number one rushing attack in the NFL. And they were middle of the pack when it came to passing. But they didn't have a lot of weapons. Like their number one wide receiver was Marquise Lee, who isn't even in the NFL anymore. Um, Jets certainly have more weapons in-house as far as that is concerned. So... Jeff was on last night, and, you know, I wanted to know, you know, what type of guy are the Jets getting here in Nathaniel Hackett, and are the players going to be able to respond? He makes the game fun. He's uh, extremely intelligent. He's been around ball his entire life. And, and I will tell you, he will do great things for the Jets' offense. He will be, I think, uh, in, in so many different ways. For one, from the coaching staff standpoint, he's got great experience. He's got great knowledge. But the players will really have fun playing for Nate. It's interesting Jeff says that because Aaron Rodgers said the same exact thing on the McAfee show this week about Hackett. That's the word he used as well. Fun makes the room fun, makes the week fun. So you've heard that now in more than one place when talking about Nathaniel Hackett. That's great. As far as I'm concerned, as far as a lot of Jet fans are concerned, you know what brings fun? Winning. Nothing more, nothing less. Pat Riley once said, right, there's winning and then there's misery. <laughs> Been a lot more misery over the last, I don't know how many years. Um, how about the partnership between Nathaniel Hackett and Robert Sala? After all, once upon a time, they were both on the same staff together in Jacksonville. How about that? And he also has great experience on getting the most out of quarterbacks and whatever the situation is going to be for the Jets, which is up in the air, obviously. He will do the best with what he has. And he will be a great complement and also a great coordinator 
for Robert to have as head coach because every defensive minded head coach has got to have a strong offensive mind, and Nate will provide that for him. Now, what about the fact that, you know, we've heard so much about, you know, the system and the offense and, and, and the footing of being really, you know, West Coast based and the theme and the concepts. But I asked Jeff about, you know, you have to sometimes the good coaches always sort of tailor their offense and their scheme to the talent that they have. Is Hackett one of those offensive coordinators? Look, it's great to have a system. But if you don't have the pieces that fit that puzzle, then a system is useless. And so I think the great offensive minds are the ones that can adapt and adjust, uh, really not even from season to season, but even from game to game. And that's what's made the Patriots so successful for 20 years. Maybe more so, of course, when Brady was there. But the thing with the Patriots was, you know, they were the ultimate chameleons. Week in and week out, they would beat you a different way. You know, one week, if it meant throwing the ball 45, 50 times, they were going to do it. The next week, if it meant running the ball 40, 50 times, they were going to do it that way. Whatever gives them the best chance going up against that particular defense and that particular opponent, that's what they were going to do. And that's what made them so damn successful. And that's good to hear that Hackett is not one of those guys who's going to be stubborn like, hey, this is my offense, my system, you run it this way or else there's the door. You have to have that flexibility. Not trying to plug the square peg into the round hole because you get into trouble doing that. Now, lastly, look, it's the elephant in the room. Nathaniel Hackett did not have a good 2022. Not at all. Gay got a chance to be a head coach with the Denver Broncos. It went so bad, he didn't even finish out the season. They got rid of him before the year ended. It was that much of a disaster. So you're bringing in a guy who had a year to forget. And in a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately society and sports that we really thrive in, you know, he's not on a position of strength, at least. So I wanted to get into, is there a difference, you think? Can you differentiate Nathaniel Hackett, the head coach, versus Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator? So I think Nate will have a, will have a, is a, is a much better coordinator than a head coach. And the reason that I say that is having been around him, you know, and I love Nate, but uh, if, if I was the owner of an NFL team, I don't know if Nate would have been my head coach. Probably not. But I would hire Nate in a minute to be a coordinator just because he's got a great offensive mind and he's, he's got a little quirkiness to him that makes him fun. And, uh, and maybe that quirkiness doesn't work as a head coach, but as a coordinator, I think it works every day and, and all day. And that's all you need to hear, really. And so Jeff was on top of it. And look, we'll see if it comes true, right? We'll see if it comes true. Um, Look, this has been going on for decades in the NFL. There are coaches who are brilliant coordinators, guys who've won championships as coordinators. But when they get the chance to be head coaches, it's like night and day. You almost think they forgot football. You're like, how is this the same guy? You know, Todd Bowles is a classic example, and I like Todd a lot. But Todd Bowles is a defensive coordinator, one of the best. Got a Super Bowl ring a couple years ago, remember? As a head coach, hasn't been able to duplicate that, not even come close. Even this year, with Tom Brady as his quarterback, they had a losing record, playing in the worst division in the NFL, or one of the worst divisions in the NFL. They somehow won that with a losing record. And the list goes on and on and on and on. 
So maybe Nathaniel Hackett's going to be one of those guys. And if you're a Jet fan right now, all you need to concern yourself about is, is this the guy that's going to be the best fit to run this offense? And so lastly, I asked Jeff, you know, some coaches, when, when things kind of crash and burn for them, they benefit from, you know, maybe sitting and taking some time off. Because remember, he could have – he had all that money coming to him still from the Denver Broncos. If he didn't coach this year, he would have collected, I think it was like 4 or $5 million. He could have been sitting on the beach with his feet up, enjoying life, sitting by the pool, and not doing anything football-related. But he wanted to get back into it here and get right back to work. So I asked Jeff, you know, do you think that maybe recharging the batteries, taking a year off, would benefit? a guy like Nathaniel Hackett. Coaches are wired to where they just got to coach. You know, it, it's not a matter of, you know, what's best for them. They're just wired to work. You know, they're wired to coach. And that's, I think that's the, a uniqueness about coaches. And that even though they may have the money and they love coaching and some of them may feel like it's the best option. You know, I kind of had this conversation with Gus Bradley a little bit. You know, Gus had an mm-hmm. opportunity after being head coach here in Jacksonville to, sit back he had still had a full you know, year or so under contract and could have gotten paid to not work but look these guys just want to coach you know and that's what they love they love coaching see you know we've had a couple of examples involving the Jets believe it or not you know but it was head coach to head coach where guys didn't take a year off and it never got any better right Adam Gase got fired by the Miami Dolphins and they jumped right into the opportunity to become the Jets head coach and it didn't go so well Eric Mangini got fired by the Jets, got right back in it as a head coach of the Cleveland Browns, still didn't go well. Different ways to skin a cat here. But I'm willing to believe that you're going from head coach to offensive coordinator, not the same job, not the same role. you got to see how it plays out. And look, Aaron Rodgers swears by the guy. Aaron Rodgers knows a thing or two about what makes a good coordinator, what makes a good coach, that type of thing, because... He's got MVP trophies coming out the wazoo. Couple them with Nathaniel Hackett there in those meetings, in the building. Now, does hiring Nathaniel Hackett mean the Jets are getting Aaron Rodgers? Don't know. Guess we'll find out soon, right? 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Your calls when we return, and we also got to bring up the Giants here, but for not so good reasons, unfortunately. Dan Grosser Show, till the top, right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network.
Super Bowl week upon us in a couple of days. Both teams are going to head out to Arizona, the Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. You know what I saw yesterday, as a matter of fact? Like, and you're going to be inundated with all these factoids about the game you know, over the next several days. And I had no idea. Do you know that this Super Bowl is going to feature a matchup between the two youngest or the youngest starting quarterbacks in the history of the Super Bowl? Like, you know, you combine their ages. It's the youngest quarterback matchup. I didn't I didn't think that. But there you go. And, you know, the scary part about it is certainly if you're an AFC team that it's probably going to be Patrick Mahomes' last time in the Super Bowl. As long as Andy Reid and him stay together, you got to figure that they got at least a couple of more in them. And who knows what Philadelphia is building right now with Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni and the gaggle of weapons that he has over there. You know, they, they could be making multiple trips, and Giant fans aren't going to want to hear that. But – you know, there was a member of the Giants a couple of days ago who didn't exactly say too many flattering things about the Eagles, and, and you would expect that, the rivalry. I don't know if you caught Julian Love, who I like. You know, I think he's a good player. We'll see if he's back because he's a free agent at the end of the year. But Julian Love was on Good Morning Football in the NFL Network a couple of days ago. And, and, and take a listen to what he had to say about the Eagles and specifically their head coach, Nick Sirianni. You know, he's a guy who really is doing a good job because he's not getting his in the way of his team. He has an experienced roster from top to bottom, offense, defense. You see this stuff, though? Like, like what's your reaction as a player? And that guy's doing that. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it at all. I mean, he's, he's in for a free ride right now. You guys can coach this team and you can succeed. You know, like I said, I think Julian Love's a good dude, but I mean... I mean, wrong place, wrong time. I mean, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Like, that body is still warm. The Giants' carcass on the side of the road is still warm, right by the stadium, by Lincoln Financial Field. I mean, they walloped you. They walloped you. And I thought the Giants had a great year. And if you're a Giant fan, like I said, you should be so proud of what they did this year. But you can't go spouting off about the Eagles, their head coach, what he does, how he acts. They annihilated you on the way to the Super Bowl. It was almost like you were a fly that they were just like flicking off of their wrist. That's what the Giants were to the Eagles. And now Julian Love is going to go on national television and, and, and tell the world that, you know, their head coach really doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, that was the Giants. That was the Giants. I mean, you know, whatever he did or didn't do that night at Lincoln Financial Field a couple of Saturdays back, you know, it, it worked. What was the final 38 to 7 when they stopped counting? I mean, that game was over by the national anthem. They, the, the turning point in the game was the land of the free and the home of the brave. That's what it was. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let us say hi to Sean in White Plains. He's up next here on 98.7. Sean, good morning. How are you? I'm great, Dan. How are you doing? Sean, you know what? I'm doing okay. I'm staying warm. That's the most important thing. What's going on with you? Yeah, I hear you. So uh, I appreciate all your work. You know, you're having a great show today. Um, I just wanted to talk about the, the whole net situation and you talk about blowing it up and that's great. I think they should, they should move on from Kyrie KD, but at what point do we talk about Sean Marks? Because I know that if this was the 
Knicks, and if this was the same situation, we don't even need to talk about, you know, we could have had our chance with Katie and Kyrie, whatever. I'm a Knicks fan, but, mm-hmm. I mean, we would be calling for Leon Rose's job by now, wouldn't we? This is, like, kind of crazy. You're talking about rebuilding and giving Sean Marks another chance to build a team, but he couldn't even build a team to get where the Knicks have been the last two, three years before Katie and Kyrie. You know? No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong about that, but I said this earlier in the show, Sean, and I'll repeat it. How many of these moves, and the Nets have had some big transactions over the last few years, right? I'm talking about, you know, the Harden trade, then trading Harden again to Philadelphia, the decision to uh, fire head coach one, fire head coach two. Like, I mean, these are huge moves. How many of them were strictly motivated by Sean Marks? And I'm not sitting here trying to take away some of his authority or his power or anything like that, but you realize that you have to run this thing through the ranks. So the ownership is going to have to have a say. Ownership might be the ones that wake up one morning and say, hey, I want this, this, and this. And the general manager is just going to have to go along with it. Plus, you've got superstar players, i.e. Kevin Durant, which have to sign off on all these huge moves. So it's not as if Sean Marks is making these moves by his lonesome. There is a big collective collaboration when it comes to all this stuff. So I don't know if he should deserve the total blame for it. I think a lot of people are on the hook for what's gone wrong in Brooklyn. Has he done a great job? You know what? Sean Marks was doing a good job. Seriously. He was doing a good job before they made the James Harden trade. That's when, if if we look back, on the Nets, and where this whole thing went wrong, it was the James Harden trade acquiring him. Because the key word that you heard Sean Marks say and everybody in that organization for years and years and years was culture, 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 culture. Well, they built that culture. Certain type of players. And then all those quote-unquote culture-type guys, they shipped off to the Cleveland Cavaliers and, and, you know, whoever else was part of that three-team trade, whatever, and bringing in James Harden because then that went out the window. You sold your soul to go bring in another superstar. And had that work out. Then everything that came out of Sean Marks' mouth, he could kind of just like in one ear and out the other because you know it wasn't true. None of that stuff meant anything. And then remember even with the Kyrie thing. They tried to take a hard stance with Kyrie at the beginning, you know, with the whole vaccination type stuff. They said, no, you know what? We don't want a a, a part-time player. So we're going to tell Kyrie to stay away. Stay away for good. And he commended them for that. You're like, all right, you know, they're actually showing you some, they're showing you some you-know-what. But then they caved. Then they folded. And then they said, no, you know what? We'll welcome him back because we want to win some games. It's never as simple as one guy is making all the decisions and making all the choices. It, 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 it's just not. And especially this day and age with the NBA where the players have so much say and they have so much influence. And especially if you're a superstar player and the Nets have a couple of these guys, they could deny it till the cows come home, but it ain't the truth. You know, believe whatever the hell you want, but I think we know which way the cookie crumbles. That is the telephone number. Tom Brady, he said goodbye earlier this week. I think we're going to take him at his word this time. I can't see this changing around, but the Tom Brady retirement has now gone to absurd levels. 
And I'll tell you what I'm talking about when we return. It's Dan Grasso Show till the top right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. (laughs) Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. So I won't be long-winded. You only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So I really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, My competitors, uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. How could you not? It's It's so bad. When he was little and he would cry, I would say, Sherry, your baby is crying. You might want to take care of him. I, all, all, all these, I don't know, all these days later, I still you know, get emotional just over the fact that, you know, Tom Brady retired again for a second time. I just, I never thought we'd see the day. That's kind of loud and irritating. That it would happen again for a second time, but it did. So Brady's gone, and, I, and look, I do believe him that he's not coming back again. So, you know, we could all get on with our lives. He could get on with his life here. But when I said it's gone to absurd levels, I don't know if you've seen this. And in, in this day and age and in this world, I mean, I guess that you have to believe anything is possible. And people, what they do with these type of things and try to use it to their advantage and to, to benefit from it. You can go on eBay right now. And there are several auctions up. And this is, again, one of the great reflections of where we are as a society right now. There are auctions for Tom Brady exact retirement spot bottled sand. Like there are people trying to pass off a jar of sand which came from like the exact spot that Tom Brady was sitting on that beach when he filmed that weepy video. And supposedly, yeah, supposedly the proof is, which is hilarious, they attach like photos to the auction listing of some hand like holding a jar of sand and in the background like you see those 
condominiums that were behind Brady. So, like, there's there's no doubt that, like, that's the spot. But you really – like, they could get that sand from anywhere. Like, how do we know that it's that sand? And let's say it is that sand. What sycophant would actually spend 10 cents of their hard-earned money, even if somebody spotted you the 10 cents, that that's what you would buy? And what are you going to do with it? Are you going to keep it on a shelf? What in the world am I doing? Like it's your dead grandmother's ashes or something like that? You're going to put Tom Brady, the sand that Tom Brady's butt was may or may not have been sitting on when he made his retirement video, or it was in the same zip code as to when he made his retirement video, and I'm going to put that on my mantle so when I have my buddies over and their friends, I'm going to be like, yeah, this is our new couch. This is our new uh, wine casing over here. And oh, by the way, on the mantle over here, Next to the urn that has my grandmother's ashes in it, this is the sand that was on the same beach that Tom Brady made his retirement in. And if you think I'm crazy, this one auction in particular that I'm looking at right now, it's up to 40 bids. And I kid you not, the current bid is $50,100. Now, listen to the description here in the auction. Tom Brady exact retirement sand. Tom Brady's exact retirement spot, bottled sand. Bid for one of one samples taken from Tom Brady's exact retirement spot on February the 1st, 2023. I only took one sample on the day of retirement just hours after his video was posted online. Proof in the photos. You'll you'll be receiving an 8-ounce mason jar filled with the exact sand Tom Brady made his retirement video on. Video proof of the sample being collected can be provided upon request as eBay doesn't allow video posts. Bidding will start at $199 in honor of the 199th pick overall. Tom Brady was drafted. Like, I remember once upon a time, remember there was this, like, fad going on where, but I think it was for, it might have even been for charity. Wasn't there, like, used gum from, like, baseball players or something like that? Allegedly, supposedly. And they were, like, auctioning off this stuff, and yo-yos were buying it then. But this, I mean, I don't care if you're a gazillion, like, I don't care if you have Steve Cohen money, right? And literally, like, a, a million dollars to you is what falls between the couch cushions, and you, couldn't, you wouldn't even know if it was gone. If you had that type of disposable income, who in their right mind would spend $50,000 on a jar of sand? Sand, which, by the way, last time I checked, is free. It's free. You could go to any beach, you know, step foot on the sand. You bring your own little container, your own jar, and just take the sand, whatever you want. Yeah, it's free. No charge. Whatever. And you're going to believe that somebody has actually taken this from where Tom Brady, you know, announces retirement and, and you think it has any sort of value whatsoever? Even, even if Tom Brady himself bottled the sand in the jar, like in the video, and then at the end of the video, once he wiped the tears away, he said, you know what, I'm going to auction this off for the TB12 Foundation which donates gallons of avocado ice cream to an underprivileged community. And we're going to auction off this jar of sand to be able to benefit them. Even if that was the case, and you were the biggest Brady fan, the biggest Patriot fan known to man, why would you contribute to this? Patrick in New York is up next here on 98.7. Patrick, good morning. How are you? 
Hi, good morning. How you doing? Good, Pat. What's going on? All right. Um, I just want to give my take on uh, which quarterback the Jets should, uh, you know, sign. And uh, being a coach myself, I always look at, like, talent and who dominates certain teams. Like Patrick, uh, Michael Jordan always dominated the Knicks and so forth. So out of those three quarterbacks that are available, mm-hmm. I would go with the guy who has a winning percentage against New England. I wouldn't be looking at, you know, how great they were in the past and what they can do, possibly do. I would look for the guy who has more wins over New England than New England has over New York. That's the guy I would sign. Yeah, but Patrick, you know what? That's tricky, and I thank you for the phone call because, remember, you'd be looking at two different types of New England. You'd be looking at New England for the last three years without Tom Brady, and they were a completely different animal than they were for 20 years when Brady was there. So you can't judge it on how well they play against New England because the Patriots are a completely different team. It's like varsity versus JV. Nothing more, nothing less. Look, they got a decision to make, and there's time constraints with each and every one of these candidates, and that's what makes it intriguing, right? The car thing is coming up in 10 days where the Raiders got to make a decision, and he could be had. You know, Garoppolo's a free agent once the second week of March hits, and with Aaron Rodgers, you know, this thing could drag out all the way to June, which complicates matters. And the other thing with Rod, look, we know Carr is playing next year. We know Jimmy G is playing next year. We don't know if Rodgers is going to play next year. He hasn't made up his mind yet. Haven't made up his mind. Richard in Manhattan is up next here on 98.7. Richard, good morning. How are you? Hi, Dan. Uh, Sean Payton, $90 million for five years. I don't get that at all. $18 million a year for a coach? I mean, he had a nice thing in New Orleans, but that was all set up for him, indoor stadium, the passer who can make those plays in the indoor dome. I don't know. We'll see. I, but I don't hey, see. Rich, you know what? I, I'm not exactly um, – you know, a lot of people want to put uh, Sean Payton on Mount Rushmore when it comes to coaches. I'm right there with you. I think he's a good coach, not a great coach. Right, right. Just like Brady, thirty-seven a year, thirty-seven million a year to be on TV for broadcast. How do we know he's any good? We don't know. Well, not only that, remember remember what they had to give up to Rich. The Denver Broncos had to give up in draft choices to New Orleans just to be able to get Peyton. I mean, how many more draft picks do the are the Broncos going to surrender? You know, they gave Seattle an arm and a leg for Russell Wilson. Had that work out, and now more you're in with the coach. I understand that if you get this guy to clean up the mess that they left behind last year, but I. I mean, my goodness, that is one. This it better work out. Let's put it that way. Dan, as far as Kyrie and Kevin Durant, yes, and, and I say this with no malice because I love watching them both play. Last Saturday night, watching Kyrie against the Knicks was it was beautiful. I mean, this guy is great to watch. But I'll tell you this: in my history of watching New York sports, these two guys have kept the Nets the most relevant, mediocre team I've ever seen in New York for three years. In the newspaper. I mean, these guys are on the back page of the Post every week and at least once a week. So they've kept the Nets pertinent, I'll tell you that, throughout the basketball uh, world. So uh, they've accomplished that. So you can't say it's gone unnoticed what they've been doing. So that I would say. Uh, As far as the Knicks, Mm -hmm. now, I don't understand why Thibodeau 
gives the ball to Randall at the end of the game. I mean, Randall is a good player, very good player, but he's a certain type of player. He's not a savant. He's not a guy who can make plays, who can think quickly and pass out of a double team. He's just not that kind of ball player. At the end of the game, you don't know what the other team is going to do. And two games in a row, the game Tuesday night, he doesn't even get the shot off. That's not his fault. They had Brunson on the floor. You give it a Brunson, your smartest player. Not your best player, your smartest. Now, Thursday night, all right, Brunson's not there. How you can give the ball to uh, Randall with two and a half seconds? He almost lost the He did lose the ball. They almost yeah. lost that game. They would have lost a five-point lead with five seconds to go, which is unbelievable. And but by the way, not, not by the way, fault. Rich, by yes. the way, and, and Rich, thanks for the phone call. Good Pleasure to hear from you. Think, think if you remember, you know, because it was such a big theme at the beginning of the week with the officiating and how awful it was in both of those conference championship games in the NFL. Do you remember that sequence in the final seconds at the Garden on Thursday night with on the Julius Randle play? Remember when Randle got the ball around midcourt and he slipped and he went down and they called a foul on, on Bam, I think it was Bam Adebayo who was on him. They called the foul on Adebayo and if you looked at the replay, he didn't even touch him. Did not even touch him, and thankfully, the refs went over. I don't remember if Miami challenged it or not, but the refs went over to the, the uh, monitor and looked at the replay. I mean, that would have been egregious if they had saddled Adebayo with that. Fa- he did not even touch him. And, I mean, this is – there's two and a half seconds or whatever it is left in the game. Like, my God, how do you miss that? It really is scary. Imagine, like, the world we'd be in – right, like, the officiating stinks right now with replay. And technology. Imagine if we were still living in the Stone Ages and we didn't even have instant replay and didn't have all these 1,900 different camera angles with stuff. Gosh. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Another little Tom Brady item I got to get off my chest. And some Yankee baseball conversation that I might as well throw in into the universe too because I have a question about the Yankees as we are just a couple of weeks away from pitchers and catchers. Grasso Show, till the top, right here on 98.7 ESPN. Tom Brady's butt. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What would it take, just, you know, throwing this out there, what would it take for you to actually, speaking of like hard-earned money, to spend your money and actually go watch that 
god-awful Tom Brady movie with, with the four old ladies. 80 for Brady. Like, you know those awards, like the opposite, what do they call the awards that they give out? The opposite of the Oscars, the Razzies, I think they're called. I, has, doesn't that already lock up the Razzie Awards for next year? Like, they, they should, at this year's ceremony, they should give, like, an honorary award, like a, a, a look to the future award, and hand out the 2024 winner this time around. Because how does that Tom Brady movie not win all those awards? It's going to win, like, the worst movie. Brady will probably win, like, worst actor. The worst conceived movie. Like, equate it to even something New York. Right? Imagine if... They made it some sort of a movie like that, but like Derek Jeter was the theme. I don't know, you know, 80 for Jeter. I, I don't know. And you're like the biggest Yankee fan known to man. Like, would you actually go watch that thing? Well, like, what, what's the target audience? I, I don't understand it. I really and truly don't. That might be the biggest stain on Brady's resume. More than, any, more than Deflategate? More than anything. This movie right here, like, it, it could potentially ruin a legacy. Ruin a football life which is unparalleled and head and shoulders above everybody in anything. Like, this movie could have that big of a detriment to his legacy. Oh, my gosh. I, I mean, I guess Tom didn't have enough money, right? I guess he needed a couple extra bucks to be able to afford some of that sand that he was sitting on when he made his retirement announcement. That really meant a lot to him. Real quick, speaking of the Yankees, and I meant to mention this yesterday, but we ran out of time. Good job, seriously, good job by Brian Cashman telling Luis Severino that he's not allowed to pitch in the World Baseball Classic. I'm not a big WBC guy, never have been. I don't know if I really ever will be. And the biggest complaint that I have about it is I I just hate the fact that players have to take time away from spring training with their clubs, their clubs that pay their salaries, by the way, so they can go off to training camp with their respective countries and, and teams that they're going to be playing for. And God forbid could suffer an injury, which is going to impact them throughout the normal baseball season. And Severino's a guy, as we know, who's still on the comeback trail, not that far removed from Tommy John. So good for the Yankees for putting their foot down. And, and I got to be honest, I wish more teams would do exactly the same and say no to their players for taking part in this WBC. You know, you, you play for us. We're the ones that pay your salary. You know, Puerto Rico doesn't pay your salary. China doesn't pay your salary. Japan doesn't pay your salary. Team Italy doesn't pay your salary. The Yankees pay your salary. You want to make all that money, you're in camp with us. And I asked Aaron Boone, you know, we had that event, I guess it was in December, that the station put together. It was a fun night. Carving station, the turkey, Fantastic. But I remember I asked Aaron Boone after he was done with the little Q&A, and I pulled him aside, and I said, let me ask you a question. You're a manager of a team. Like, Do you, do you have a complaint about the, the WBC stuff and your guys going off? And, and he said he didn't, which I was surprised. And he said maybe to a certain extent the pitchers, and maybe that kind of shed some light into this eventual decision here with Severino. So good for the Yankees. And I think the Yankee fans will be happy about that too. And, you know, big picture-wise here, they've had a great offseason, Right? You know, I think that they're going to go into this year favorites again to win the American League East. They've The addition of Rodon, more than anything else, I think is going to have an awesome impact on that starting rotation. I haven't felt this good about the Yankees pitching in, in years, 
Years and I'm being dead serious. Years. But if you look at the team right now and the way the roster is constructed, I, I think that the one area that could certainly use a little bit of solidifying would be the left field spot. I don't want to see Aaron Hicks out there again, do you? I don't think any of you guys do either. And chances are that Aaron Hicks probably won't be out there all that much because, you know, Aaron Hicks can't stay on the field as it is. So it'll kind of work itself out anyways. But, and the Yankees are up against it right now, up against that threshold tax. Like, they don't have a lot of flexibility if they want to stay underneath that to where they're going to incur even more penalties. Because there's a guy still out there that could be signed and his name is Jerickson Profar, who was with the San Diego Padres the last couple of seasons. I mean, Met fans probably still have nightmares about Jerickson Profar from that playoff series in October. But he was a guy who once upon a time, I mean, was like a, a super ballyhooed prospect for the Texas Rangers about a decade ago. I mean, he made his debut in the big leagues when he was still a teenager. But it just never worked out for him in Texas. And then they finally parted ways with him. He went to Oakland, and then he landed on his feet here in San Diego. And finally, you know, he's starting to put it together a little bit. He's never going to live up to the hype that a lot of people had for him. But he's still a very useful player. He's a switch hitter. He's versatile. He could play all over the diamond. But he's got a good amount of experience out in the outfield, you know, especially in, in the corner at left field. So if you're the Yankees... And if there's a way that you can make this thing work, I mean, he played left field for the Padres last year. I think he would be a heck of an addition, and he would be like the icing on the cake for what would be a, a super successful offseason, I think, for Brian Cashman and for this Yankees club. Now, I'm not all confident that they could do it unless they could find a way to unload another piece and to free up some payroll. But Jerickson Profar, keep that name you know, in your mind over the next couple of weeks. He's going to sign with somebody because he's, you know, too useful of a player. And he's a guy who in this day and age in baseball, the versatility that he's able to bring to a club, I'm surprised that he's still out there. And guess his asking price is a little bit too – what did he make last year? Let me check. Last year for the Padres, Profar made $8 bucks. And he had a $1 million buyout for the Padres. They took advantage of it. So that was the most he ever made. Last year with the Padres, I'm sure he wants to cash in and maybe take home somewhere, even get a little bit of a raise. Maybe he's asking close to 10 a year. Who knows? But if they can even sign him on like a one-year deal because, you know, spring training is almost upon us. Somebody's going to get him on a short-term contract, and I think he's going to help him win. If it's the Yankees, so be it. But he's a good player, and I think he would help the club. That's going to do it for us. This was a fun one this morning. It really, truly was. Stay warm, everybody. Thanks to Ed Cohen for checking in. Thanks to Joe Leo and Harvey Cruz for producing. Go Rutgers at Madison Square Garden right now. Beat Sparty. Anita's coming up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Dan Gross is saying enjoy your weekend, folks. Bye-bye.